Welcome to the Data Savvy Teacher Podcast. My name is Alicia Parker and I'll be your host. This podcast is for anyone who has a role in education and wants to learn how to improve their data using skills. As an educator, you're probably also a lifelong learner. So thanks for making this podcast part of your personal growth. And if you enjoy what you hear, please give it a rating on iTunes or share it with others. This helps more listeners like you find this resource as well. All right, let's get started with today's content. Have you ever heard the quote, in God we trust, all others must bring me data? It's attributed to Edward Deming, an American engineer and statistician who led significant changes in management by implementing a system of quality control. I love the sentiment behind it. To earn his trust, everyone other than God needed to provide him data. But not all data is created equal. Today, I want to talk with you about qualitative and quantitative data and the implications of both for us as educators. If you have trouble figuring out the difference between these two types of data, here's a quick way to differentiate them. If you say the word qualitative out loud, you'll hear the word quality in there. Qualities are characteristics, right? A quality of my dog is that she barks every time someone comes to the door. She's also faithful, a good listener, and quite the athlete. So when you hear qualitative data, think of quality and then think about descriptive characteristics. Qualitative data is data you can describe. Now, if you say quantitative out loud, you can probably hear the word quantity in there. A quantity is something that is measured. It has a number. So qualitative data describes qualities and quantitative data measures quantities. That's a little bit oversimplified, but it should help. Now, how can this be meaningful to an educator? And why should we know the difference? Qualitative data is usually gathered through observation, interviews, and focus groups. For researchers, there are protocols and best practices for gathering this data as well as for analyzing this data. But most of us aren't researchers. So let's say a fourth grade teacher stands up in front of his or her class and says, tell me your favorite part of the story we just read. As the teacher hears from the students, he or she is gathering qualitative data. This is similar to a researcher conducting a focus group or having an open-ended item on a survey. Now, imagine instead that the kindergarten teacher asked, how many of you thought the best part of the story was when the dragon was killed by the knight? And then he or she counted the number of kids who raised their hands and recorded that number. That would be quantitative data. Educators collect all kinds of data. Some of it we write down, some of it we just store in our minds. Both qualitative and quantitative types of data are important to understand and use. But anytime we can combine them together, we can increase our understanding of the environment and better respond to it. Imagine for a moment you're dealing with a student who has some behavior issues. Or if you're not in a classroom role, imagine this is a setting where you're dealing with a teacher who has an area to improve with classroom management. So let's say you're in a parent conference and you say to this student's parent, your student is always out of his or her seat. That is observation data. And while there's definitely merit to observations, consider if you were able to say, over the course of the last week, your student has been out of his or her seat without permission 25 times. 
That is so much more informative and more powerful. I realize that tracking the number of times a student is out of his or her seat is yet one more thing the classroom teacher needs to do during an already busy and demanding day. But the power of combining quantitative data with qualitative data cannot be overlooked. If the student was being referred for behavior services, the teacher could say, I observed the student was out of his or her seat more often than others, so I began tracking this student and chose another student also to track. In the course of the week, I found that this student was out of his or her seat 25 times, whereas the other randomly chosen student only had two instances of being out of their seat without permission. This type of data can be used to show that it's not a systemic problem in the classroom that has to do with the teacher's classroom management, but rather an issue with this particular student. Combining the observation and the qualitative description with a quantitative measured data makes the point so much more powerful. Plus, if the behavior specialists come up with a behavior plan, we now have a baseline to compare whether the plan is working. In future weeks, if the student's time outside of his or her seat is reduced to 10 times, we can say, hey, we've made progress. Now, the same thing could be done if you're in a position to coach a teacher on classroom management. Collecting observations about students being off task, students talking out of turn, students out of their seat without permission, or other behavior problems is a good start. It is qualitative data that describes the conditions of the classroom. But if you were to combine that with a count of times those violations happen, it is much more powerful and probably more helpful to the teacher who is in need of the coaching. And suppose you help that teacher implement a classroom management strategy and then come back to gather more observations and collect more quantitative data. Now you have a way to determine if the change is working. Qualitative and quantitative data can also apply to student achievement. You can observe that a student seems to be working well above their grade level and describe the student as advanced or gifted. But this observation becomes more meaningful when combined with quantitative data. If given a gifted screener or a grade level placement test, you may be able to determine how far above the student is compared with the standard achievement of his or her grade level. There is no doubt that if you are a classroom teacher or in a position to support classroom teachers, you hear about data all the time. And you're probably told to make data-based decisions or asked to collect a whole bunch of data. So it's important that as data-savvy teachers, we can identify if data is qualitative or quantitative and how to combine them both. Qualitative data has qualities. You can describe it. And quantitative data has quantities. You can count it. And as always, may the data be a quantitative or qualitative be ever in your favor. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Data Savvy Teacher Podcast. Tune in next time for the first in a series of how to write good test items. And remember, a rating on iTunes gets this podcast seen by more listeners like you. So if you like what you hear, feel free to leave a review or share this with a friend.